0: Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host.
1: All right, welcome to Tuesday's edition of Scary Truth Game Changer Podcast. Today I'm David Villa here with Diana Villa. How are you this morning?
2: Good morning. I'm doing wonderful. It's a great to day. Create a good day. An awesome day.
1: It is. It is a good day. I feel that. Me
0: too. Do you?
2: Something's yeah. in the air. It's called Fall is Coming! Actually,
0: yeah. <laughs> the, this weekend's weather report looks great. Like, phenomenal. It does. It does. It actually gets,
1: like, into the 40s, like, the mid-40s sometime this week, I think, too, right? I
0: think, yeah. We're supposed to get our first cool front since March, and I'm really looking forward to it. Also, this is Spirit Week at IPD, and today is dressed like one of the leadership team and our executive yeah. staff. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you got to get in this shot.
0: So my executive, my my executive assistant
1: dressed like me today. Look at it.
2: Oh Oh, no, I love it. Good morning, babe. Good morning. Good morning. She wants I to am win. David Villa. Good That's morning. Awesome. And this is game-changing. My beautiful wife, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you need to be on this podcast more often. All these affirmations, I don't know what to do with them. I got
1: I got a Starbucks. Got you're two holding two it, two. You're going to spill it on well, yourself. Oh, Lord. <laughs>
2: but, good morning, everybody.
1: For <laughs> well, those of you that couldn't see that, um, you just have to go to Facebook or YouTube and check out today's episode and so you can see that Shannon just invaded our set. But it was really good. It was really good. So we have Spirit Week going on here at IPD. So this week, um, our staff is... Uh, dred- Yesterday was uh, IPD uh, Team Day or IPD Spirit Day. So it's like just the colors of our company. And, and uh, we're giving away a prize every day. We're having like a vote. Um, and today is dressed like one of the executive leadership team. And uh, we've got already several people that started coming in before the podcast. Go to our social media sites; we we'll post them throughout the day. You can check out yesterday's through our stories on Instagram. Um, and uh, but it's a good, it's a good, it's a good thing. Tomorrow is going to be another good day, and then uh, it's just going to be a good week. Um, so we're talking about scary truths, right? And um, yesterday we uh, we ended, you know. Well, we just kind of, we kind of jumped in and, and broke down truth. But I mean, really, let me just kind of say this statement, I guess. Um, we use the scripture, John eight thirty two, but let me just say this. God's truth is greater than my truth, right? And God's truth is greater than your truth. And we, we talked yesterday about, you know, just by sheer definition, just by the fact that truth, you know, the, the definition of truth, there's, there's only one, you know, there's only one and um everyone can't have their way and it be truth and um you know it's it's interesting you know kind of to say this because you you know um the world in an argumentative standpoint maybe in a way not because they ultimately don't need Jesus or don't want Jesus, but in a way where, you know, um, maybe still not ready to embrace the world in, an, in a combative or argumentative way would have issue or take issue with that. They'd say, well, that's just not true. I mean, what kind of God would do this? Or, you know, that I just don't believe it's just one way. And they begin to argue this. And a lot of times it's just really justification for where we as individuals are. But if you really think about it, And especially if you're a believer, but even if I think the world is is we're able to be honest, you know, aren't you glad there's only one truth? Aren't you glad that somebody's got this figured out? Like, I mean, you know, if you are, you know, if you're in a mess, you know, maybe you're if you can think back to when you were a kid, or you can think back maybe to to a story of one of your children you know, when you get into a situation that only your parent, only the parent can kind of get you out of, or, you know, if you get yourself so deep into something, whether it's serious or just, you know, just kind of the day-to-day things, you know, you become overwhelmed. And, you know, it's almost a relief when you pass it on to somebody who can actually fix it. And, you know, the fact that there's only one truth gives me a sense of peace to know that, you know, what somebody that knows what they're doing is in charge. And can I just say this? God's truth is greater than my truth. God's truth is greater than your truth. And then uh, John 8, 32, Jesus tells us that we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. And we talked yesterday, Diana, about, you know, even Christians will take this verse and, you know, they'll look at it and they'll think, you know, well, this means it's gonna, you know, I'm gonna be set free from the trials and the tribulations and, you know, all the anti-Christian bias of the world. And, you know, then the same time, unbelievers take this verse and they're like, you know, um, you know, this will set me free from the restrictive rules of Christianity. And really both are wrong. When Jesus said the truth will set us free, he meant, he meant it for people who did not know the truth. He did, that did not know him. And he meant that his word will set us free from the clutches, right. Of, of sin. And he meant that, you know, it's the only thing that can, because when, when, when Adam and Eve fell and man fell and the enemy you know, the enemy got temporarily his way and Jesus undid that on the cross. God had to create a plan where, you know, every man, every woman is born into sin. And the and so here's the thing, without the key that will set you free, the one key, the truth, there's no freedom. And so he meant that. He meant that the truth as explained in his word would free us from that web of sin. And so walking in God's truth can be lonely. Right. It can it can um, it's not uncommon for Christians to find themselves, you know, um, in situations where unbelievers are the majority. I mean, you may go somewhere and you may be the, the minority in a conversation. Your opinion may be, you know, the only one that that that's there, you know, you. But that doesn't change the truth. And so when you feel isolated and alone because of your beliefs, you know, I'd say this, don't despair. Instead, take the the long view. Think about the message in Proverbs eleven three, where we are assured, you know, um, that God wins in the end, right? And um, so, God's truth is greater than my truth. And um, what do you think about this? You wrote something down.
2: I'm so distracted because people are walking in our office, looking at everybody dressed, and all I want to do is find out what's going on over there. But the truth is, I want, I want to, I want to be here with you guys, but I want to know what's going on the on the other side of that wall. But that was
1: really deep. <laughs> That was a deep, that was a deep, um, pulled my is, heart out, and she's like, oh, did you see so so walk by?
2: <laughs> I'm going to make light of everything. You know, this morning um, when I was driving back home, from the gym, Um, I had to think, where were you going? I'm trying to think, people out there are probably like, where are you going? You're already at work. Like, where would you be in the middle of the night? Um, I was driving back from the gym early this morning. There was a song I haven't heard in a long time, but it's called Symphony. And it was kind of interesting. I was just listening to the words of it. And the truth is, you know, sometimes our life seems like it's out of tune, like drums beating over here. The keys are playing over here, and it sounds a mess. But, you know, in the end, the song actually was talking about that he's orchestrated a symphony so if we could just the truth is even though our you know our life sometimes seems chaotic if we really allow and trust the process in the end it's going to make sense and it's going to be a wonderful symphony right so if you've ever been in a band practice I'm thinking of uh, a high school band practice uh, how crazy and chaotic and how terrible it could sound everybody doing beating the drum, you know, the drum at their own beat, you know, playing their horn the way they, but once they get on the field, everything's in line, everything is precise. And so I think we have to recognize that if we can really get in line with the word of God and the truths of God's word, like we're going to be on point. We're going to hit every measure. We're going to be, hit every beat. We're going to come together. And I think that's really important. And, you know, I, I think when you're talking about truth, being able to stand up, you know, even in our, in our different groups or our different gatherings or a different friend group or work group or our Bible study. You know, I think the the truth of God's word is important, but I think the Lord also allows us to be able to, you know, we have to sometimes be. Well, we always need to share the truth in love, and sometimes love is patient love is kind, but sometimes it's harsh, right? So I think we also got to be sensitive to where we're at when we're talking about God's truth. What platform are we in and how do we need to deliver that message of truth, right? So I think it's really important that we we identify those when we're in those group settings. You know, when you're in a more intimate setting, maybe a close-knit you know, Bible study of of people that you've you know been meeting with and that you have deep relationship. It's easier to be very transparent and vulnerable. But then also, it's easy to be able to, if you're in the position where you're encouraging to have a hard truth. Uh, last week, I, I was in a um, a meeting. You know, about a, a department we were talking, and um, I'm by nature a, a mom, so I, I try and love, but there's sometimes that there's conversations that have to go a little bit like direct and to the point. And as I was going through it, I was like, I, I feel like such a mean person but in the end I think it accomplished what it needed to accomplish and and there there's been some you know messaging back and forth since and it, it, it it's going to work itself out but I go back and evaluate there's seasons where we have to do it in love and we got to let someone cry it out and you know beat their chest or whatever they need to do to get through that and we got to love them but then there's sometimes you have to look at them and go hey like hey no tighten up your bootstraps you made a bad choice but it's okay get back on track
1: yeah and words, you know, absolutely. And you know, truth hurts, but the truth's the truth, you know. And uh, but but at the same time, words matter. Yeah. And you know, we we use them to communicate. You know, to capture what we're thinking, feeling, and and sensing. Right. And words can build people up or tear down. And I think words can divide. You know, they can unite. Let's look at this world. Let's look at what's going on. And I think leaders or believers. You know, I think if you're a believer, can I just say this? You're a leader. You know, God's entrusted you. Whether it's one person or a thousand, you are a leader if you are a follower of Christ. And so, leaders know that leadership—you know—that uh, leadership axiom. You've heard this, right? Words create worlds. You know, you know it's—it's it's true that the words we use in our businesses, our ministries. You know, organizations create cultures that we, we live and lead in, right? Leaders and teachers care about words because they know the power within them. We, we talked about this before in the podcast that, um, you know, sticks and stones hurt break my bones, but words don't hurt me. and That's just not true. Um, you know, um, I get that, you know, get over it sometimes. But the reality is your words are powerful, especially if you're in a position of influence. But just because words matter does not mean we should play the role of self-appointed word police. You know, we we'll react like it's our responsibility to monitor everything others say. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to be treated that way. And so as a communicator, my words are not always precise. You know, they're not always what they should be. Amen. And I'm grateful for the grace <laughs> that others give me. Right. Grateful when others look at the whole, isn't that funny? Because like right before I said grace, Diana like took a non-grace jab. And uh, grateful for the grace others give me. Keeping it I,
2: real and truthful uh, around here. <laughs>
1: She just didn't know what I was going to say next. <laughs> so I'm grateful for the grace others give me and grateful when others look at the whole of my message instead of slicing a few phrases here and there. And aren't you aren't you grateful for that? But there are times when, here's the thing, inaccurate, hurtful phrases become so frequently utilized that they should be corrected. And here's one of those, my truth. That's one of those phrases that should be re- reconsidered by people who use it. I mean, you've heard that. That's my truth. We talked about this a little yesterday. or know your truth. And I think we should stop saying that, you know, because we have to catch ourselves. because that's one of the phrases that's been caught on and one of those phrases that people use without even knowing and, you know, um, so somebody would say, well, how dare, you know, you suggest that somebody should not speak their truth, but what if what if this is my truth? Shouldn't I be able to speak my truth, your truth and my truth? But it may not be the truth. And so, and that's just not the truth. <laughs> So let me just say this. It's illogical. Let me just kind of point it this way. And then um, there's one truth. So here's the thing. And it's kind of put up against like the litmus test, I should say. Like we often insist, right, one source of truth. When we analyze like data, we sit in meetings, we look at accounting. You know, when we sit down and we look at numbers and we look at anything else, we we look at and we analyze and metrics, right, surrounding the work. There's there's frustration when different people show up to meetings with different data. Think about it. whatever meeting you've been in, in this, res- in this respect, because you're pulling reports from over here and this person's pulling reports from over here or we're getting, you know, this data and this, everybody's own perceptions. So here's the thing. Inevitably, someone will say, this is ridiculous. We need one source of truth. No wise person in the meeting ever disagrees with that. I've been in business meetings. <clears throat> I've been in investment meetings. I've been in leadership meetings. Not a single person in the room ever disagrees with that. No one suggests, let's just all go back to our work and live our truth because it doesn't work that way. That would be insane, right? Because one group will be responding <clears throat> to inaccuracies. So, no, people need to go back to their work and their roles responding to the actual truth. The truth hurts, but it's the truth. Now there's multiple,
2: freeing. there's so multiple hurts, views, but freeing.
1: right? Go ahead. Well, there's multiple views or interpretations of the truth, but there's only one truth. There are multiple ways to express the truth, but there's only one truth. So declaring something as my truth gives the inaccurate and really unhelpful perception that truth is changing. Truth doesn't change. And that's the problem with the church, right? The church has the truth and the Bible says the truth will set you free. It has set the world free. It freed you. The only thing that could have freed you was the truth, not someone's version of the truth, but the truth.
2: Well, you know, I think the the phrase "my truth" could be also grounded. I think that everybody has to stand firm of where they're at, right? Wherever it is, even if we were in a in a, a good place or a bad place, an in between place, we have to stand firm on where we're at in life, whatever you know, whatever arena that is. But um, the my truth, we have to be careful because it's going to be um, also driven by emotions. and I'm a real big believer that emotions, wherever your thoughts go, wherever your emotions go, you know, your, your thoughts and emotions, they're going to take you on these sideways paths or the straight and narrow. Right. So I think we got, when we go into my truth, we have to be careful. What we're really saying is my thought process, my emotions right now versus it being grounded in the truth. So my truth and the truth are not the same. They sound interchangeable, and sometimes they can line up, right? So our truth, my truth can line up with the truth. But sometimes if we allow emotions to dicto- dictate those truths, they'll actually kind of slowly separate a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, just because I, we insist something is true, right? Or for me, or my truth doesn't mean it's the truth. And there's been plenty of times in my life, I mean, I think our kids, you know, um, you you may have done this or maybe do this now. And hopefully there's no little kids listening that believe in Santa and so forth. But I remember, you know, that talk or whatever. But I remember how many times I believe the tooth fairy, you know, was putting a few bucks under my pillow. My truth was not the truth. What do you mean? Santa's real. Huh? Yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. (laughs) My insistence that the tooth fairy was true did not change the reality of truth. And I shouldn't build my life right on that. So, I mean, the reality is my truth doesn't mean it's the truth.
2: You know what? Maybe instead of using the word my truth, we should be calling it my story. If you want. I mean, you can.
1: Go ahead. Uh, it's go my ahead. story and i
2: it. <laughs>
1: Diana's already, she's on mom and she's like, well, maybe we, maybe we should soften it up a little bit. <laughs> we trying to soften the truth.
2: No, I mean, but that's really, we're saying it's the, you know, my truth and we're confusing it, but the truth is, it's my story. And you know what? Everyone has a beautiful story of redemption, whatever sure. that is. And our sometimes our redemption story, you know, happens over and over and over again, right? But it's a, still a beautiful story. So versus, and you know, even the ugly parts, because it says it gives us beauty for ashes, right? What the enemy means for evil, he will turn for our good. So maybe we should be talking about it's more our story and the and the bring yeah. together of all of that. It's well, my I, story, the good and the bad, the ugly, but together it becomes, you know, it's grounded in the truth and mm-hmm. that's what kind of brings us down, but it's really my story. Well,
1: yeah, so you're looking at it from a different perspective. And I, I agree. I was I guess I was hitting it from more of the position of um, you know, maybe belief system in, in general. And kind of hinting from an over our overarching view of what you know someone who you know basically kind of is all accepting of things that possibly don't line up with the truth. And so I know where you're where you're going is basically you know our, our past and our lives. And I can I just say this. They factually happen to you. I think there's a difference in facts and truth. And so it's it's the, they factually happen to you, and you really feel that way, and you you hundred percent experience that, and you went through that, and you you know you have the scars of that. That's a fact. And you know I've said this before, but
2: or the trophies. You know I don't want to always be about the scars, the hurts, but we have the trophies. We well, got to not
1: trophies until you embrace the truth. True. So your scars can become trophies, but you, you have the scars, you have the battle scars or the trophies, but, but the thing is that they're not trophies until you embrace the truth, meaning the truth will set you free from the facts of life, the truth. And so he, the thing is, is that factually you could be at rock bottom, but the truth is there's a God who can pick you up and he can dust you off and he can set your feet on a solid rock. And he can give you life and give it life abundantly. And it could be the beginning of something amazing. And you could but yeah, but this is where I'm at. You don't understand. This is how much money is in my account. And this is where I'm at. You can be in a broken relationship and you could be like, then, then God, the, the Bible says there's a God who will restore and, and replenish and wrap his arms around you and mend. And you're like, but yeah, but I'm broken and I'm, 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 I'm in this position. And that is a fact. But what I'm presenting to you is Truth. Because God's truth trumps facts. And that's I guess where I was going, you know, with it. But I, I think it's great dialogue because I think that you're right. I mean, I think that I, I think this thing just just takes it a different direction. And that's the beautiful thing about this conversation. We need all of the we need all of it. Right? Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the truth is sometimes <clears throat> we we even fumble up here.
1: Well you're fumbling.
2: Hey, you better catch it.
1: I kind of feel like she's taking a little stab at me today. It's okay, baby. <laughs> Calm down. Truth is, I love you. Now, <laughs> man.
2: Facts are some days more than others.
1: <laughs> truth. it sounds good. So the desire to hold my truth is not a new desire. The desire to hold your truth is not a, it's not a new desire. Like the desire to, to hold your truth is not a new desire. Adam and Eve did it. And tried to do it in the garden. We can insist it is right to eat from that tree. You know what I mean? That our our right to decide what is right and good, and what is not. <clears throat> I mean that's that's what some would say. Some would say, how dare that's that's how dare you put that tree? That's what the enemy said. How, well, that's not what God meant. How dare him keep you from that tree? How the, he just doesn't want you to experience you know, life. I mean, I'm I'm getting deep here, but I'm saying, I'm trying to say that I'm trying to let you know that you get it honestly. You get truth honestly. It comes, or you get this honestly. You get, you get the fact that it's your truth or shouldn't I be able to express my truth or that's what the way I believe. And the reality is as a, as an American, as a citizen, sure, as a, as a human, I guess you have the right because even God says you have a free will to choose him. What I'm trying to present to you is when it's all said and done, We can believe how we want, but there's just one truth. And by doing so, we place ourselves in a position of of defining truth. We're not the creators of truth, and we shouldn't act or speak as if we are, right? That's not not even what what I'm trying to do now. What I'm doing, I'm explaining and expressing that there's there's a truth.
2: You know, um, I think what's interesting, you're talking about the truth is there, right? The truth is the truth. But... The amazing thing about God is that He gives us free will and free choice. Mm-hmm. So even in the truce, we have a choice, right? To choose or not choose. And I think in this world, I think that's one of the the great divides between, you know, Christian and non-Christian believer, non-believer, you know, liberal, conservative. Is that we forget that even God created us with a free will and a free choice to choose. And I think that's where for me, you know, in those situations that, um, you know, we have the ability to still choose. So we have to love people and point them to the truth and ground our lives within the truth. But we still have a choice. And so while we're making those choices and people are making those choices, we're still required to love in spite of those things, right? So, you know, God gives us choices. You know, I I, I have certain beliefs, right? I personally, I don't want to get political, but I personally don't believe in abortion, right? I don't think that's the right path um, because I feel like, you know, God... Not political. But go ahead. Well, it is. Okay. Pro life. You don't. You don't, not, be, you don't believe in it because of. I. But I believe because I, I believe in, in in pro. I'm pro life, right? So in that situation, we have to love people, but God still gives us a choice, so we have to be able to stand firm in the truth, right? That that's a life, and we need to value it, but we still have to give people the room to make choices until the truth sets them free, right? So we still have to love them. So I think free will is really important, and truths are really important, but choice, we have to remember we're all given a choice.
1: Yeah, and so we have to be able to give that grace. Why? Because even God does. I mean, the the reality is this. God's not going to force you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to force you to decide to choose him. You know, um, that's your choice. And uh, so, yeah, so who are we to not give that choice? But don't mistake choice for, look, so what I'm, what I'm, what what, this is a very difficult subject. It it shouldn't be right because it's the very foundation of Christianity. This is kind of difficult even to discuss this if we're kind of going back and forth because maybe that's why it's called the scary truth because the reality is people, when they're confronted, the truth will confront you, not me confront you not our statements confront you, not your pastor confront you, not your church confronts you, not the person posting on social media. The truth will confront you. When you're presented the truth, that's why the Bible says the truth or sets you free. And we have to understand that there's someone wiser than all of us. And if he says that my truth will set you free, then who are we to say, well, we shouldn't say that, or that could be too, you know, too much, or it's just, listen, present the truth in love, but the truth sets free. And I keep going back to this because I've never, to be honest, thought of it this way until yesterday, but I'm going to say it probably every day. The truth is what sets you free. If you are a believer and you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, regardless of how that happened, the only thing that caused that to happen was the truth. The truth, the truth set you free. It was the only thing powerful enough to do it. And it, however you received that, whether you were alone in your room with you in the Bible, whether you were at an altar at a church, whether you were sitting in the middle of the desert somewhere, it doesn't matter. The truth set you free. And I think that's something you need to really, really pause and listen to. The truths, we owe it to the world to present the truth. And sometimes it may be when we're asked Sometimes it could be when, you know, we have a topic on a podcast and then people are listening, whether that's many or few listening to hear the topic or a sermon in church where people show up and expect a sermon, then that's fine. But it could also be for you believers that are at the workplace when someone asks or when God lays someone on your heart. And you know, if you pray for those opportunities, I believe this God will open the door up. And it, and, and so you're not cramming something down someone's throat that doesn't want to receive it. You're praying for the opportunities while God's already worked on the heart of the person to receive the truth. So the truth will will set them free. Not you, not I, not our words. Not our disagreements or our arguments because that's, gonna, that's where the church has caused issues because they've tried to be judge. You're not the judge. Thank God I'm not the judge. Because I can tell you where the, the few times, because it's not really even my personality. Some people have a harder time with that. But the few times in my Christian walk where I've played judge, can I tell you, there were many of those times where if I were judged, I would have been condemned. Meaning I wasn't in the position to judge. And so, you know, I can say this as we're we're running out of time here. Christians, we believe that He is the true and faithful one. And as Christians, we must be consumed with Him and His truth and not our own.
2: I think it's said really well by Dumasani. He said, this topic confronts your faith. You either believe or you don't. The truth is the truth.
1: That's a great way to say it. Very good. And 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 here's the thing. If you you notice, Christians and believers... That is, that is the reason sometimes the words come out a little bit more difficult. And even sometimes we try to say them and then come up and try to prop them up and explain why we're saying them is because we've been in this world. In this world, if there one thing the enemy has used as a tool that the church needs to wake up to, he's used the fact that he's lulled the church to sleep with the truth. He's, he's siphoned the truth away. And the truth doesn't mean judging hear me. It doesn't mean, like, coming down with an iron fist. That's not, the the truth is what God's word says.
2: You know, I want to end it with this. Faith without works is dead. So we can have all the faith, and we can meditate on the word of God. We can know the truth, but if our actions don't follow that.
1: Yeah, that's good. Go ahead, I'm I'm
2: sorry. What do we have? You know, if our actions have to follow up, so it's not enough to be able to meditate on it, and go through your Bible studies, and say it. But are we living it? So the scary truth for me today is simply this. Are my actions lining up with my speech?
1: Mm, That's good stuff. Hey, guys, scary truth day three tomorrow. If it's not scary, it's going to get scary. So hopefully you guys are getting something (laughs) out of this. And uh, we are. And it's really, really good. It's good stuff.
0: Thank you all for tuning in today. We hope you guys are enjoying this series on the scary truth. Really quick to start this off, we want to go ahead and give a congrats to our winner, Cassie Carter from YouTube. You want a game changer mug. Reach out to us on Facebook, send us a message, and we will get your details and we'll send it out to you. But thank you for participating. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow morning where we'll have two more truths than a lie from Matias and Ashton. First point to get it, we'll have a prize for you guys at the end of the at the end of the show. If you guys would like, we have a daily encouragement text that goes out every single morning at 8.30 that you guys can opt into completely free by texting the letters EZGC to 813-522-3356. Everybody that joins us live every single morning, thank you all for always being with us. We appreciate you guys being here, but if you guys can't catch us live, you can always keep up with us in two different ways. Number one, go to YouTube and search Game Changer Podcast Live. Hit the subscribe button and hit the bell, and you'll get notified every day that we upload the replay of these episodes. Also, you can go to any of your favorite podcasting platforms, the biggest being Apple, Spotify, and Google podcast and you can download and subscribe to the audio version of this podcast so you can always have us on the go. If you guys haven't haven't checked it out already, we released a Bible plan not too long ago called He Said, She Said, He Says. It was based off a podcast series that we did. It is a five-day reading plan on YouVersion and the Bible app. Make sure you guys go download it, subscribe, to it and then let us know what you guys think once you finish it up you can also go back and find the podcast series on our youtube channel and follow along with the podcast while you're reading but thank you all for listening we hope you guys are enjoying the rest of your day we'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning if you guys want to keep up with spirit week at ipd make sure you go check us out on social media instagram and facebook we'll be updating all day i've already seen a couple of the people that dave and diana haven't seen yet and it's actually pretty funny um so make sure you guys keep up with us today it will be a lot of fun but thank you all for tuning in we hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day and on that note we out Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villas Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.